You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Alabama's syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio, Phil Williams here live in the Right Side studios, man. We got the local, the state, the national, all the issues covering down on it. And like the dude just said, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Well, it is Friday. Hit it, Boomer. That's number three on the Triple Dipper. We'll talk about it today. Um, but let me let me jump over to my comments here. Um, now, listen, the... Uh, the Department of Defense's naming convention has done their thing. All right. They've gone through. They met. I believe it was a foregone conclusion. Everybody knows what they were going to say before they even said it. So, yeah, we're going to be renaming a whole lot of bases and ships and uh, airstrips and whatever else. But um, was it necessary? Did it make us more lethal, more combat effective? Well, let me tell you, in 1986, while I was a young cadet working towards my commission as an Army officer, I had my first foray to a place that became like a second home in some ways. I can still remember driving through the gates of Fort Benning, Georgia, for the first time in August of 1986 to attend the U.S. Army Airborne School, and three weeks later, departing again, wearing the silver wings of a paratrooper. So I was hooked on that place, and in many ways, I still am. Over the next three decades from that time, I came and went from Fort Benning, staying at first in the troop barracks, scrubbing the floors and the latrines to a high shine to pass inspection, and later on to the quads as a young lieutenant where I had my own room and felt like a real person, up to the point that I had a senior officer's billet and attended receptions at the beautiful antebellum house called Riverside, where every post commander has lived for the last hundred plus years. At Fort Benning, I have tramped through the woods, run the streets, jumped on the drop zone, sat in the classrooms, dined in the mess halls, and marched on the parade grounds. I have walked among the monuments to pass paratroopers and rangers and infantrymen and marveled at what they must have gone through. I was trained there to become a paratrooper, a jump master, an infantry officer, a pathfinder, a ranger, and eventually I attended the battalion commander's pre-command course there just a few years before I retired. While at Benning, I was sworn into the Order of St. Maurice, and later in life I had the absolute unbelievable honor of going there again to pin paratrooper wings on my own son, and to watch him graduate from his own basic officer's course. To say that Fort Benning has been a part of my life is an understatement. And you know what? In all the years of sweat and toil and learning and leading at Fort Benning, Georgia, I never once felt like it was an oppressive place because it had the name Benning. Now, I'm going to bet there's a bunch of you in this audience who have had Fort Benning in your life at some point. And like me, I'm going to, be that, uh, I'm going to guess that it's never crossed your mind that the name Benning came from a Confederate general. You know why? Because the Army's not racist, and no one who ever trained at Benning was oppressed by the name. But the powers that be are now of the belief that a part of what is making the U.S. Army miss its recruiting goals and potentially become less combat effective is that bases like Benning and Bragg and Rucker and others are misnamed in such a way as to be oppressive. General Jack Keane said on a recent interview that in all the years troops have trained at Benning that no one was ever impacted by the name because no one was there to focus on the name. No one even knew. But the Department of Defense Naming Commission is now well into its plans to spend millions of dollars to rename every street, post, base, monument, building, parade field, and latrine that may in any way be connected to the name of someone who served in the Confederacy 150 years ago. 
Now, the history of Fort Benning alone is significant. Originally home to the major schools of the infantry, it was branched into Maneuver Warfare Center in 2011 when the Armor School was brought there. You cannot drive around Benning and not be awed by its history. From the mighty giant airborne towers, the statues, the monuments, and the streets named after famous battles, and knowing that men like Dwight Eisenhower and George C. Marshall and David Grange and William Westmoreland and Colin Powell and H.R. McMaster, David Petraeus, Michael Flynn, and so many others have all served or trained there. And I would be quick to guess that none of them ever went through Benning feeling as though they had been oppressed because of its name. I doubt that any man of any color served at Benning and became less efficient as a leader of troops because of its name. But the Biden administration, the same administration that proclaimed climate change as one of our key national security issues and forced the end of over 8,000 military careers for a COVID vaccine mandate, has now determined it necessary to spend over $21 million to change names. Names that won't erase the legacy of Benning per se, but yet they will signify to generations to come that we must have had a problem that we really didn't have. You see, when cancel culture decides that we have a solution in need of a problem, you hear that, a solution in need of a problem? They will turn to the specter of racism as one of their pieces of low-hanging fruit, whether it really exists or not. The question that we must ask, though, is where does it end? I mean, do we need to take books off the shelves that discuss the history of the Confederacy? Do we need the National Park Service to close down the battlefield parks at Chancellorsville and Manassas and Richmond and Kennesaw, since, you know, those are parks on sites where the Confederacy won their battles? Is it time now for the state of Alabama to have to rename Lee County? Or to revisit the existence of the Port of Mobile since the Battle of Mobile Bay took place there? Or even close down the state capitol building in Montgomery since, after all, Jefferson Davis did stand on the steps there to be sworn in as president of the Confederacy? Well, the part of history that the Naming Commission has overlooked, maybe intentionally, is that the naming of Southern bases and Army posts using names of former Confederate officers was not to honor them so much as it was to extend an olive branch to the populace in the wake of the Reconstruction. Fort Benning was the first is, was first called Camp Benning. It was established in the era surrounding World War I at a time when there were still many survivors of the war between the states living there. The mobilizations of World War I, those were the first true homogenization of troops from all walks of life for a major military effort since the Civil War. And the War Department decided to show the populace in those areas that it was a new day, that there was grace and forgiveness. There was a moving forward together. And it was well-received, and for over 100 years, there's been no question, and Benning has been a hero factory, a hero factory, producing legends from all races, creeds, and colors who may have come into the Army and walked in the gates of Benning looking one way, but they all left Benning the same color of green, speaking the same language. I'll never forget my father, a career Army officer, himself. He told me once how proud he was that the Army was the first true melting pot of society where any person could rise through the ranks. So the same as I've never questioned the name of my high school, and yet I still graduated, like many of you, I've never questioned the name Fort Benning in my mind, and yet I've been proud to have served there. It'll be renamed now. They're going to name it after one of my personal heroes, actually, Lieutenant General Hal Moore. You've heard of him. He was famous for the Battle of the Idrang Valley in Vietnam and the book We Were Soldiers Once and Young. And that's a good choice. But maybe I'm nostalgic or old-fashioned or just stuck in my ways but it'll always be Fort Benning to me in my memories, the home of the Airborne and the infantry. Farewell to Fort Benning. And that's a wrap for the Right Side Way.
Yeah, I mean, where does it stop? I, I, I don't know where it stops. The article I pulled up this morning that came out today on Real Clear Defense says the, the naming commission does not intend to stop. They intend for this to be an ongoing process. They'll be on the hunt, constantly looking for that next street sign or statue that needs to be taken down. And I, I got to tell you, at some point, you have to recognize you can't just do it that way and expect for everybody to be okay because we were actually okay to begin with. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. We're back, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, covering all of North Alabama, solid conservative and just plain right. Well, I think I hit a nerve. Um, so, yeah, texts are blowing up, and uh, uh, we got uh, the text line. By the way, if you want to text or call in, 833-687-4448. That's 833-68-RIGHT. Um, I can't even keep up already. So um, Tony from Piedmont just texted in, and he, he says, he said, you've got it. It doesn't stop till we stop it. There's 10 forts named after Confederate soldiers. Um, yep, uh, it's, it's going to keep on going for a while. Um, yeah, Paul from Athens letting us know that the live stream, by the way, I'll, I'll just tell you right now, if the live stream's not working, feel free to text us because we're not always checking that, but boomers are usually really on it. And uh, we knew it. It's just a matter of we had to reboot, 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 reboot. And it then just took a couple times today. It just didn't like the shirt I was wearing. And so <laughs> that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. I brush my teeth and everything, and then the camera just won't work. Um, uh, Chris from Gadsden, uh, he texted us. By the way, I, I, I know Chris from Gadsden, so I'm taking this with a big fat grain of salt. He says, it's obvious your position of privilege has blinded you to the oppression of the military. <laughs> no. Um, anyway, um, and then uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, Dustin from Hazel McGreen sent me a meme about President Biden. Okay. Sandy from Harvest says, uh, Colonel, you are so right. I feel our country is broken and maybe we're in the end times. Um, well, I don't know. I don't, you know, I heard my pastor say one time, he doesn't know what the end times look like, but he thinks they look a lot like what we're in. So if we are, uh, I know where I'm going. And uh, if you don't know where you're going, we'll be glad to talk to you. But um, uh, end times are going to get here one day. And I'm going to be ready when they do. Um, Kimball from Harvest points out Fort Benning. He says, General Patton was there too. He says, I love Fort Benning. And once the names are changed, they won't go back. That history will be diminished in his view. Brian from Huntsville says, the B-29 superfortress that dropped the first atom bomb was called the Enola Gay. When is the National Air and Space Administration going to be forced to rename her by the woke? Lord, who knows? Um, wow. Uh, Tom Graham, great show. Thanks for your service. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that very much. Uh, John from Huntsville, uh, just checking to see how things are going to be like. We're, we're planning on being here all week next week, John. Um, and what else? I saw another one. Um, Jenny from Decatur texted in about the situation that I talked about yesterday uh, in Alabama, Perry County, where the chair of the county commission was just indicted for vote fraud, uh, for stuffing ballots and harvesting ballots. And he's lashing out. He's calling everybody names. It's all political witch hunt. Um, never mind the fact that he appeared to be stuffing the ballot box for his cousin who was running for DA. <laughs> anyway, 
Um, Jenny from Decatur has a family member who works in that area. I won't say where, uh, but who said that it's just you basically said it's, it's ridiculous down there and said, said nothing will come of it, come of it. He won't serve a day. Um, so there's that. And there's, there's some more that I can't, she also says, uh, oh, and she has some, I see she's got a family member who's, um, just accepted Christ going to the same church that Boomer and I do church of the Highlands. That's awesome. That is good news. Thank you for sharing that, Jenny. Uh, Scott from Somerville, uh, do you think the classified document scandal could ever possibly end in a Nixon-style resignation to avoid impeachment? Um, I don't, um, unless it's couched in the terms of he's got another health condition or something else happening and they make it look like it really wasn't a scandal. It's just a chance for him to retire. Um, so I don't know, Scott. I'm not sure where it's going yet, but it, it is just <laughs> – it's just, it's just messy. It's ridiculous. And it's a classic sign of overplaying your hand and better be careful because it might bounce back on, bounce back on you. And it has. So yeah, if you're, uh, if you're tracking <laughs> President Biden, they after, after excoriating Trump last fall and having the DOJ raid Mar-a-Lago and finding documents that he had already told them were there and were locked in a basement um, at their request, the Secret Service and the archives request, and the Secret Service guarding the facility, they came in, the FBI did, and raided um, Mar-a-Lago and seized uh, uh, classified documents, 300 of them, I believe. And, you know, there's talk about what there's a special counsel appointed for that now. What's going to happen to Trump? I don't know. Now, all of a sudden, we find out that just 40 days later-ish, um, they found classified documents in Biden's former office at the Penn Biden Center that carried top secret SCI classifications. And then they found another batch in a box in his garage next to his Corvette. <laughs> you can't, you can't. Gas powered Corvette. Oh, by the way, a fossil fuel burning, <laughs> carbon emitting, you know, non green energy. He's going to have to have that thing converted to electricity. Can you do that? Can you? I don't know. Can you, can you actually convert it? I, you know, at this point, you, we should make him. <laughs> at this point, at this point, we should demand that that beautiful kind of olive green—I think it is—or or, or, or blackish green '67 Corvette be converted to uh, EV status. Mm. 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 Ah, it would just serve him right. You know who knows. <laughs> anyway, all all that to say. Uh, no, Scott, I don't see a, I don't see it coming yet, but, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what else. TL from Huntsville just said, uh, great comments. This is what Marxists usually do, delete history and rewrite it to their own liking. Uh, yeah, I agree. John from Brownsboro, if you refuse to acknowledge the history, then you're doomed to repeat it. And you go, um, gosh, I mean, the text line's blowing up, Boomer. Dan from Rogersville, how we change the names back when we're in control in DC. You know, the problem is Dan, I, I don't think we will. I mean, I think, I think there's once it's done, it's done. I think it's going to be done. Um, and then uh, Jason from Huntsville said, "Biden's Corvette runs on regular gasoline, not even unleaded." <laughs> uh, and then Dustin from Hazel Green says, "Numerous companies make electric conversions. Lots of EV hot rods now. Chevrolet just leaked their all-wheel drive EV Corvette this week. Yeah, but it ain't near as awesome." All right. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. You guys stay tuned. We'll come right back with I Kid You Not. <laughs> 